Hello, everyone. This is ID uh, with Hush Hush Magazine. Today, I feel super lucky to have a friend of a friend who is here to talk to us about how he broke into project management. And he also wrote a really cool written article for the blog as well. And I thought it would be really fun to experiment with a podcast version as well so he can kind of add more detail and we can get a sense of his personality and people can ask questions based off of that so welcome to the first hush hush mag podcast episode lance um do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself absolutely and thank you so much id it is a honor to be on the inaugural podcast episode (laughs) for hush hush magazine i know it's going to go places it's going to go big places with you at the helm Thank you. Yeah, just a little bit of background on me. I am 29, just recently turned 29, and I moved to the Bay Area for work about six years ago. And, you know, the San Francisco Silicon Valley was just, when I was growing up and when I was in college, this was just where all the, you know, this was where all the smartest people went. That was the perception. This is where things were happening, Mm -hmm. um, exciting companies like Uber and Twitter and Facebook were doing big things. And so, you know, I did have that feeling that, well, if I can, I did, I, if I can cut it there, then I, I really made it, you know? Um, and so I, I found a job through my university job links page. It was at a very small, it was a tiny little hospital consulting firm. And I was there for about three years and it was a very difficult place. It was not an easy place to work. In which um, city was this? This so the the actual company was in Emeryville. It was in the oh, towers yeah. in Emeryville. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Emeryville. And, yeah, I used Emery, to live there. Oh, very cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so this was in the towers out on the peninsula. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it there was a lot of good people there, but the company was a very. It was sort of like the movie Office Space, where it was like a pretty negative looking back on it i can see now it was quite a it was not a very it was not a positive work environment um the work was like really tedious we didn't automate anything um you know i i could go on but it did give me a lot of sort of basics you know basic kind of boot camp and professionalism so i would send an e- a client to email uh, i would send i would email a client and i would have typos in the email and then someone would call me into their office and shout at me. And it was like, oh, my gosh. But I learned. You know, I learned these hard lessons. And so. Yeah. And this was right out of school, your first role? It actually wasn't. I took a little brief stint where I was working on a farm for about a year because I just was aimless. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had my college degree and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I took this job just because it was like, well, I guess this will be as good a place as any to make a start. Yeah, and do you feel like your degree... What was your degree? My degree was in political science and international relations. Cool. Did you feel like your degree like helped you get this role, or do you feel like pretty much anyone with any background could have probably gotten this role? I, I think anyone with any background could have done it. Um, I, love, I, love, I, I love my degree because I found it really interesting, but it definitely has not really played a part in my work at all, which, <laughs> you know, I guess that's... I think maybe that's, that's the case for most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Particularly in the liberal arts, I think that's right. So, um, yeah, okay, I was there. So you graduated from college, did mm-hmm. the whole farming thing, trying to find like your purpose, your goals in life. Yeah. And then you decide to kind of apply for this. Seems like random job a bit. 
I, I think then, so. I th- yeah. And then you got it, and it wasn't great, but you learned just, like, 101 corporate life stuff. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I also didn't know. I didn't know, like, what an abusive boss was like. I didn't know what a negative work environment was. So I was like, well, I guess this is just... Yeah, this I is guess how this it is. this is work. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, um, you go into meetings and people, you better you better have your research done or else people are going to like make you look really stupid. I just thought that was, I was like, I guess this is what work is like. And um, anyway, over time, I actually did get a lot of good opportunities there because it was, you know, I just, anyway, so I I really can't knock them. Like the CEO was a good guy. He was, it was just very much a culture of micromanagement and sort of like blame and finding mistakes. And so I mean, I always feel like you can do both. I think there's this, like, notion that, like, you can't, um, I don't know, complain or point out some of the flaws in something if you were grateful for the opportunity or if there was anything remotely good about it. And I feel like it's always a duality, you know? Like, even with each person or with your family, your friends, they have their good side and their not good side. I agree. So you can be both grateful that they're in your life but also very resentful of some of the things they've done to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's well put. That's well put, and it's it's certainly true with work too, because yeah, it's a place where you know it's a transactional relationship. Like they're paying you to work for them, but you know we're also human, and you know some do it right and some do it poorly. So I I think that's right. Um, so then, what happened after this job, or like what ended up? happening to have you leave this job so we were trying i was very much like go 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 gung-ho i was like let's we're gonna bring on new clients and we're gonna drive up our retention and we're gonna hire you know yada 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 and we would have meetings and the ceo would be like yeah i'm okay you you know yeah you can spend some time working on that and nothing ever happened nothing ever changed like we never really implemented any serious policies to improve morale we never really put a budget into bringing on new clients and over time i realized deep down the company leadership just their heart's not in it they don't they're fine with the way things are and so mm-hmm. you know that and, and i definitely learned the lesson of like whatever a company's work culture is it comes from the top and yeah. you know there's a cliche i've heard which i think is completely true that culture eats strategy for breakfast yeah right? right you've heard that yeah. i'm sure yeah which i that's totally been the case in my experience um so and what was your what was your role again technically? So I time? yeah, so I I came in as an auditor. I came in as just a basic like associate consultant and we with the work was hospitals have relation I'm not going to go too into it because I don't want to kill your audience with boredom, but <laughs> uh hospitals have contracts with insur- big insurance payers like Aetna, Humana, what have you to get paid a certain amount for every s- service or s- treatment they provide to patients. We would go in and go through the hospital's payments that they receive from insurance companies and find out where the insurance companies weren't paying enough and then go get that money and recommend the hospital how to close it up. So it's about as dry as it sounds. Um, yeah. So what made you leave? I became depressed. I was just so I was like, I, I became depressed. I was just like, I went home for the holidays for Christmas and I was, my mom and I were out on a walk and I just said, oh, I'm so depressed. And she said, well, it's clearly this job. I think you just hate your job. And and when as soon as she said that, it was like the light bulb came on. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hate my job. Like, that's what's going on here. I, I, every morning I wake up and go, oh, my gosh, I have to go back into that place. So yeah. um, 
that the biggest, the best motivation I've ever had is when you're working at a place you don't like and you're job hunting. I feel like that's a, you know, it's extremely motivating. And so I got an opportunity to join Lyft and I knew I didn't want to do analytics and I didn't want to be an auditor anymore. At yeah. Lyft, they said, we've got an, we've got a, a temporary contractor role as an auditor. We can't make any promises, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I'll take it. I, I just got to get out of here and I want to go to Lyft. I see. So you just used like the same role you had before to transfer exactly. to Lyft. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I've heard the advice either find, a, and I don't, an idea I want to say, I don't know if this is good advice. I really don't. I just, this was something I heard was either find a role you want at a company that you're not, you're not crazy about or find a, cra- a company you're crazy about. And don't worry if the role is not a great fit. I don't really know if that's true or not, but that was sort of in my head when I made the move. Yeah, no, I mean, I would say it's pretty true. I I feel like it's kind of like in both situations, you kind of end up neutral or at least relatively happy. Mm -hmm. Like neither one will leave you miserable. Yeah. So yeah, if you're in a role you don't like at a company you don't like, then that's kind of worst case scenario. But if you're in a role you like at a company you don't love, then at least half of the time you should be happy and then if you're at a company you really like but you're not happy with your role at least there's flexibility to maybe change roles right and you truth be told i think you probably have more at least as much and probably more relevant career experience and success so if you think that rings true there's probably something (laughs) there you know yeah no i think it definitely rings true yeah so then what happened at lyft where you just doing the same auditing stuff and then like someone said you want to be a project manager it wasn't so uh in so i started off as a contract as a contractor and they did make the full-time offer soon just because i was finding a lot of, of problems um and so again i still knew i didn't want to do this but i the team and the company culture really was great at lyft and so mm-hmm. What started to happen was I was auditing and finding like, oh, you know, we're, oops, we're in, we got a big, you know, we have a big red flag here and we're doing things illegally here and we might get fined here. And uh, we would, I would come up with these reports and the legal team would go, oh my God, well, now that this is documented, we're, we're, we have to do, we're obligated to do something. Yeah, you're on the hook for it. Exactly. So that was my end to say, well, I'll, I'll take care. I'll do something about it. You know, I'll, I'll put together an agenda and, and schedule a meeting with these stakeholders. And I, cause I knew I the, ba- yeah. And so, so I you started basically kind of created your own job, which I'm a big believer in. I think that is just yeah. the surest way to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I essentially started doing the job and act and, you know, in all but title, I was oh. trying to manage these issues that had come up and, you know, the issues that came out of the reports yeah. and the leadership on the legal and compliance team at Lyft came to, you know, they came to realize, okay, we need someone like a dedicated person working on this. And so I knew there was a senior project manager who I figured would be hiring for the role and was everyone really respected and was a very competent guy. And so I reached out to him and we went and got coffee and I said, Dan, I want to be a project manager. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm working on. This is what I, this is the path I want to go down. What do you, what's your recommendation on getting the certification and what, you know, what, what would you recommend to someone who wants to do that? And I guess before we even go down that route, like mm-hmm. how did you 
decide or know that like project manager was like the best way to kind of leverage the, the I guess the skill set and the expertise that you've been building because I feel like there could be a lot of different angles that's a very good work that's in a, that yeah. space and there are probably a bunch of different roles that interface with that space that you were in so why the project manager role yeah good good question the at my previous company uh, I had, you know, we use the model of a project manager as someone who, you know, you kind of aspire to get there from the, you know, basic associate and consultant oh, role. I see. So, okay. I, you know, I don't really know why they set it up that way, but because they did, I learned a lot about project management, just researching it and sort of using that framework. And for me, I'm someone who I don't have a lot of the hard technical skills. I'm, you know, I'm not a coder. I'm not a programmer. You know, um, I don't really enjoy sales. I don't like doing sales. Um, and I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I didn't want to be, a, a, you know, a, a, a compliance person. I didn't want to be, you know, I don't know, a, a customer success person. I just, I didn't want that. I knew I want, I want to move into leadership. I like managing people. I like leading teams. I like developing people and helping them grow and expand their career. And I like, you know, strategizing and figure out, okay, how are we going to grow the business? And so project management is something that has allowed me to get a seat at the table where I'm able to go, okay, I'm talking to every one of the stakeholders and I'm realizing I, I'm in the room and we're deciding how the sausage is made where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, this is our goal. We want to, whatever, build a new, build out a new, um, build out a new feature in the app, or we want to expand into this marketplace. Okay. That's a really broad lofty goal. What specifically do we want to do? What are our specific goals? And then I'm, I'm the person who says, okay, to get there, first of all, we need to define it. Okay. We clarify what we want to do. And then to get there from here, we need to build this scaffolding. You know, we need yeah. to bring these people into the conversation. We need to secure this budget. We need to test this hypothesis, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so you saw other people doing that and you saw it at your old company and you were like, that seems cool. I want to do that. So let me go talk to Dan. Yes, and truth be told, ID, the thing I, the, what really motivated me was I often didn't see people doing it. Um, you know, I bet you've had this experience. You've worked at a lot of successful big tech companies and it's kind of amazing how you can be working with some of the smartest people you've ever met. You're working with really hardworking teams and yet there's so much thrash and wasted mm -hmm. time and wasted energy where it's like, yeah, you know, like all the, there's weekly standing meetings that don't need to happen. There's meetings and we go into the meeting and we come out of the meeting and we didn't decide it. We didn't decide any next steps. There's, you know, update emails that go out and no, but nobody's actually accountable for specific, you know, there's just so much waste where it's like, it takes really very little to be very useful as a project manager because you're just <laughs> focusing other people. You know what I'm you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely relate to that. I feel right. like the role of a product manager kind of overlaps a totally, bit. Totally. Totally. Especially if you're not already working with a program manager or a project manager. Yeah. I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So I So what happened when you talked to Dan then? Uh, you know, essentially by doing that, and this is something I that is I try to coach and mentor people to do. 
um, personally is I, I created a mentor there because, mm. you know, I've noticed, I think something that I don't want to go down too much of a tangent here, but I think something that well-educated or, you know, well, wealthy children and students and young professionals are taught that more middle-class and working-class children are not taught is the importance of getting mentors. It's just like, I, you know, I, I brought this up to my girlfriend who went to like a, she's not from a really wealthy family, but she went to a very kind of elite uh, university. And she said, it was like, everybody there got it. Like you, like mentors are the way to get a leg up. Mentors are the way to climb the ladder. Um, but that's not something anyone ever, you know what I mean? I, I, I only just, I only tripped over that idea in sort of the Silicon Valley, like business speak and, and sort of entrepreneurial, you know, ethos of the importance of get mentors and mentor others. A lot of people don't realize the importance of getting mentored and finding a mentor. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that is like a career game changer. And so by going to Dan, by asking for his help, asking for his advice, and he's just a really, he's a really decent person. And so on the one hand, you know, he gave me the answer, right? He said, here's what I'm looking for. Here's how to get the job. And on the other hand, it was like, and also, you know, this is now someone who is kind of invested in my success. And so um, I did get the PMP certification. I got the test. I put in. Was that was that like what he told you to do? Like, go get the certification and then you have a chance. What he said to me and what I say to people who are interested in project management is the test, getting the certification will help. It, it will help you. It gives you useful info. That's a lot of companies, a lot of teams. It gives you a kind of, um, I don't know, status or whatever, just by having it. However, definitely not necessary, you know, and I think increasingly less necessary as time goes on. Hmm. So it, it has helped me. I think it does help people. I think it's worth it. But, and, and that was sort of the deal I made to them was I knew they're going to be hiring in may um of that year and so i said well look i'm going to have my project management certification by then and i was and so i sort of just used that as sort of this finalized kind of like look here's how you know i'm really serious about this i'm studying yeah, the yeah. yeah and how long did it take you to like go through the whole certification process so it it took me essentially in january i think 2018 um in january I decided I was going to do it. I sort of slacked off and didn't really put my mind to it for a while. I was kind of moving to, you know, you have to get 35 hours of official training. And so I signed up for online courses that were free, which was not a very good idea because they were low quality and I didn't really pay attention. Um, And then when I scheduled the test, because that way there was just something to focus on, you know, because otherwise it was like, I was never actually going to get my, get myself in gear and do it. And then uh-huh. it was like two or three weeks before the test, all of a sudden it was like, Oh my gosh, I have so much to learn. So then I really put my nose in the books and studied. So it can be done in like, it can be done in a month. If someone is really sort of able to kind of crank it out, you can do it in a matter of weeks. However, most people are going to be more comfortable giving themselves, you know, at least two months probably to um, study and take a lot of practice tests. Okay. Well, good to know. It's not too bad. No, it's really not. 
the the test is a lot like it's easier i think but it's a it's similar to like the lsat or the gmat where it's a multiple choice test and it's it's a system so if you can crack the system you can pass the test you know and the best way to do that is to just take a lot of practice tests to mm. take one after another of the mock which are free and they're everywhere on the internet okay Cool. That's good to know. Yeah, I think yeah. at some point I had considered going into project management and doing the certification, but I wasn't sure how much effort it actually required. And so yeah. I ended up not doing it because I hate tests. <laughs> and sure. I was just like, sure. anything related to testing, I'm just like not keen on doing it. Um, sure. I need to take the test or to take the course. Yes, yes. So the initial training, you have to get your 35 hours in. You can find a way to do that for free, but it's usually like you get what you pay for. Um, those classes can cost any from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand, depending on the quality. And then the test itself costs about, it's like four to $500 to take. A lot of people can get their employers to pay to pay for it. Yeah, uh, I didn't ask. I didn't ask Lyft. I should have. I didn't. I was like nervous to, or I don't know. I was just you know afraid of rejection. I guess so. I didn't even ask. But a lot of companies will pay for it. Hmm. And I guess you went through the course. You got the certification, and then yep. you just applied for the I role and. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And they just sort of settled it internally and, and gave it to me. And in large part, and they said it at the time, you're already doing the job, which was true. Mm. So, yeah. If you like, do you remember how the interview was like, what are project manager interviews like? Yeah. Uh, that's a yeah, good question. And I've, I've done them a few times. Project managers, what they're looking for, I mean, a lot of times, if the person interviewing you is not a project manager, they're not entirely sure what they're supposed to be testing you for. They just want, you know what I mean? They just, they want someone who, if it's a kind of a non-project manager, they want someone who, A, they can work with and they think is going to be able to, you know, is just is someone that people can work with and B, is going to be able to get things done because mm -hmm. they're, they're, every company is used to, having really complicated mm -hmm. systems, having really broken non-existent systems and things not happening. And so conveying that you're someone who gets things done is the strongest thing you can do. Um, at Lyft, they did treat it the same as an external interview, um, but I knew all the people. So, it, you know, I just, I had the advantage there. I had every advantage there. I will say, I, I said this in the, in the notes document, the two most crucial skills that a project manager has are a communication where they say, and that's sort of this, you know, it's like, Oh, of course communication, but it really is so important because the project manager is the connective tissue connecting a whole bunch of teams. So people need to be my, what my, what my mentor Dan said to me was if anyone comes to you and says, Hey, can you give me an update on X? You're not doing your job as a project manager you should be proactively communicating, making sure people are kept in the loop. Um, and, and set up, you know, I set up a system to do that, to nudge me and remind me to just really be on keeping people in the loop. And then B, 
um, organization. Like you just really, really, really need to be organized. I use the getting things done system, the GTD system by David Allen, whatever system works for people, that's fine. If it's Airtable or if it's Google Sheets or Trello or whatever, there's a million, um, there's a million platforms out there, but you need to be the person who things just do not slip by. Like you document information, you schedule the follow-up meetings, you make sure there's a meeting agenda. Like you need to be this person who makes, like the project manager cannot afford to um, be disorganized. And do you feel like you were ever limited by the company's choice in tools? Like I know at Facebook, we only have certain internal tools and uh, they're yeah. not the same <laughs> as some other external tools. So have you ever run into an issue where it's like you wish you could use Trello or Jira, but you're stuck with whatever other one? Yes. At every company I've worked for, I've felt that way, which I, you know, I think that is now I just kind of think that's the name of the game, you know? Um, so the answer is yes. I've definitely felt that way before. My view on it is, you know, you just have to play it where it lies, whatever system they insist on using. Okay. You just got to play ball. Um, there's systems I like to use that are free. So Trello, for instance, you can have the kind of non-pro account Trello for free. Um, Nirvana HQ is one I use in my personal life and in work. Um, but every company wants to use Jira. Jira is really not good for project management. It's built for product work. Oh. Everybody wants to use it. And so, okay, I've just gotten used to that. And that's what we use. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And I guess, like, what would you say you are, like, what's been happening since you're, like, what happened once you actually got the role, became a project manager at Lyft? Do you feel like it was what you thought it would be? Are you still in project management? Do you still mm -hmm. like it? Yeah. Um, I, so initially my projects were pretty small. They were essentially what I had been working on. And I think this is important. You're either going to probably, this is just true with anyone, everyone's broader career. You're either going to be thrust into situations where it's like, okay, you need to take the reins or you need to demand it. You need to ask for it and push for it. I was in the latter where I had to go to them and say, Hey, I need, I need, I need bigger, more interesting projects to work on. They, they gave me those. I worked on a lot of new business initiatives at Lyft, um, like bike and scooter warehouses, like building out driver centers, made a lot of mistakes, got a lot of great experience. The project manager's in a great position because you get to see what everyone else on the other teams is doing and how the company works. So that was mm -hmm. just awesome. Um, then, you know, eventually I felt like I had kind of, I, I had, I'd reached a point where I was ready to move away from what I was doing at Lyft. I was my, I, I, I sort of belonged on the legal team and I knew I didn't want to do that. I wanted to move into mm -hmm. more operations and strategy. Okay. And, yeah. So I got the, and you know, it is the sad fact that, you know, a lot of the times you get a raise or you get a promotion by changing companies. Um, and so, mm. and I was ready for a change of pace and a change of scenery. So I got the opportunity and moved over to a company called Scoop, which is a carpooling app. Yeah, I love Scoop. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, they were awesome. 
they were just awesome. And so they, and the reason they hired me was because of the, I was a project manager. I, they hired me as a launch manager, but they needed someone who could take 200, a list of 200 to do items and keep it all straight and make sure everything got done on time and the right people were tasked and, and brought into the process. And so, you know, I was there for a very short time. I was there for five months and then the global, you know, the COVID pandemic hit and everything ground to a halt. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No I guess being a launch manager, is like hard to launch anything where people are going to be together. Exactly. And yeah. no one, you know, our revenue dropped by 80% overnight because it was like, well, wow. no, you know, no one is, no one's driving, no one's going into work. Um, uh, they ended up keeping me. I'm very grateful that they did a mass layoff. They laid off a third of the company. They kept me on, which I greatly appreciate. But the truth is they probably didn't need to or maybe shouldn't have because I essentially had no work to do. And so I spent, you know, the last three months essentially trying to figure out how I could be useful. And my old manager, that old, pro the project manager who helped me get into the, the, the industry at Lyft, he had left about the same time I had to calm the meditation app. Oh, and wow. yeah, and he reached out to me and he said, Hey man, I need a project manager here. I, you know, I, I, I would, I want it to be you. That and initially so it was, it was so cool. And so initially I said, Oh, you know, Dan, I'm flattered. Thanks so much. But look, man, I just started here. I'm trying to make a success of it here. Yada, yada, yada. And he said, well, you know, just check, just talk to these people. Like you don't have to make, and I, and I, you know, you know, the, you know, the whole thing is like, you always take the call. Yeah. And so I did. And it just became really obvious. It was like, this is an amazing group of people. This is an awesome opportunity, this company and what they're doing. And on the other hand, I love Scoop. I love the mission. I love what they're doing, but they just, they didn't need me. They didn't need yeah. me. Yeah. So I said, so yes. Calm and down and I am. I am. As a project manager, it kind of like full circle. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's, exactly That's a beautiful right. story. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's been fantastic. So what would you say to anyone who's kind of like on the fence about whether to make the transition to project management or not? Yeah. Um, I, I've known a few people in that position where, and so I think it, I would say the question to ask yourself is what you're really, really good at. Like, what is your kind of particular skill set that you're really good at? If you're really, if you're good with people, if you're good with relationships, if you're good with people and relationships, you can become a good project manager. I, I'm a firm believer that organization can be taught. Uh, so I, I knew a person who was a project manager. He was the most organized, fastidious type A person I ever met. Not maybe not ever, but he was like, you know, and he was so, you know, letter of the law that people, he was difficult to work with. And so he, and so even though he was like, he was getting up at 5am and he was, you know, he was the hardest working person. He followed up on every single thing, but people didn't like working with him and the projects went mm -hmm. sideways. That's so interesting. So, yeah. It, that was a good lesson for me. 
because relationships, it's so important to build relationships um, and, and have credibility where people like you, they like working with you. Um, so the organization part can be taught and you make mistakes and you experiment, and you try things, but you got to be good with people and with relationships. So, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point because yeah. I remember I had, I was in consulting for a while and yeah. as a consultant, sometimes you kind of end up in a project management role where you're just chasing sure. after people, trying to like figure out what's going on, giving updates, getting updates um and in a consulting position especially when you're like an external consultant at a company people don't want you there <laughs> people don't yep. like you so you're already starting off on a bad foot and then you're trying to go to 20 managers getting updates and telling them what to do and it's just like it's virtually impossible but well, i think when you're in the company and you're part of the company it's a lot easier to build those relationships and make it a more pleasant experience yeah I think that's totally right. But the experience you had helps because you learn. It's like, that's the perfect training ground when everyone is like, oh, your ID is a threat. Like uh, she's going to get me fired or laid off or something. Exactly. Having to work. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can, if you can work with those people, then it's like, it's easy once you're in house to, you know, so I, I think that's, I think it's good experience. Cause that, you know, when, when we did the hospital job, that was exactly how the hospital staff felt about us. Like, oh, they're checking our work. They're going to get us fired. They're going to find our mistakes. And so having to work with those people, now it's like, you know, following up with people in your own company, they have to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and but they don't, right? If they hate you, if they if you get a bad name as someone who's, you know, a scolder or someone who's not helping, you know, taking, who's adding more work to their plate, they'll find a way not to talk to you. So anyway, to, answer, to get back to your question, if you're good with relationships and if you like driving results... I think project management is a very sturdy, very good path to go down. Um, I don't think it's good for people who are caretakers who want to just sort of like own a process and that sort of, you know, the kind of day in, day out operational thing. I don't think it's great for that because a project manager should, in my view, a good project manager should always be sort of working themselves out of a job. To get to a point yeah. where they can let go and the system is going. Yeah, um, you're like creating a system or creating processes that can basically just like function on their own and get to a place where things are basically automated. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I think project managers should also resist. If you want to get into the weeds and be an analyst that might be a better path. If that's what you're given to, you, you may not enjoy project management where it's like, you're supposed to be kind of a generalist. Like you're supposed to have a good understanding of a lot of different things that are happening at the company and different teams, which again, is that relationships part. Um, so yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then I'll just, I would also just say, I think, you know, again, anyone who's good with people can do this, can learn it. Um, and any, and, and, you know, if someone's interested in it, they shouldn't be held back by not having the certification or not having this or that experience. The key is to just start, start do, it's one of these rare jobs where you can kind of always start doing it without the title because every company has projects where it's like, that needs to get done, but no one really has the bandwidth or the time. Yeah. And that's an opportunity. That's an end. 
Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think I've seen a lot of people in other roles, like I've seen designers sometimes on themes or engineers or whatever role they are kind of fill in for that role yeah just by like coming to meetings with an agenda trying to keep everyone organized trying to keep everyone accountable and they basically kind of become part-time project managers on top of whatever they're doing so i totally agree with that yeah and people you 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 know people people notice and and appreciate it right away when someone does what you're describing yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Well, to round this out, um, on Hush Hush Mag, I always like to talk about money. And yeah. me personally, I like to talk about money. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious if you could share um, what can people expect like going into kind of like entry level project management? Like, what is kind of like the base pay? What can someone expect? Yeah. As a range, a, I guess. Right. It's a good question. And so, of course, the, you know, it's going to be skewed based on, you know, where you are. You are obviously like me, a West Coast sort of, like, you know, San Francisco, Seattle area where, okay, pay is going to look a lot different there than the rest of the country, uh, or at least than, than maybe the interior of the country. But um, the range you will hear thrown out for the, or that back when I was kind of going into salary negotiations early on in project and PM work, the range that I would hear was, you know, 85 to 145. It's a very, very broad range. That's a huge range. I know, I know. And which is good. And was, that was that was at Lyft? No, that was industry-wide. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, so, but, you know, that, you're right, it's a huge range. And that's actually very telling because, you know, someone who's going to become a project manager or is a part of the job, should be aware people have a very people have different ideas of what this role is so Mm. you know if someone expects you to be like a project coordinator that is a kind of typical pathway to project management that's that is something where it's like you're very much just like and it's important work it's good experience but that's where it's like you're just doing meeting agendas you're sending out updates you're not making any calls you're not making any decisions you're not you know you're sort of supporting the people who are that's something where it's like that would probably be more entry level and you could expect a pay range probably in the sixties or the seventies. Okay. Once you're a project manager, assuming you're in, you're in, you're in, um, you know, the Bay area or, or a high paying city. I mean, I would definitely advise someone who's even a new or associate level project manager to bargain with a floor in the eighties, I would say there's companies that will try to pay you less. And sometimes that might make sense. Again, if you love the company or if it's a really good opportunity, but I would advise people to bargain with their, their floor in the eighties. Um, if you know, maybe you come down to 75. Okay. Now, granted, if I was in like Tulsa, um, you know, if I was in maybe a, a smaller city I, that, you know, those numbers would change. Um, and yeah, you know, if, if you, if you do, if once you're, I was going to say, what type of people are making the 145 to start? Like what combination of things would you need? I don't to get like the 100 plus range. Yeah. Um, so I don't really think people would start as a project manager in the 140 plus range. Um, you know, I don't want to just kind of 
not to be crude, but like full disclosure, that's kind of where I am. And I think a, it's a couple years of experience. B it's the right company. You know, some companies mm-hmm. do just pay more. Now, what I, my philosophy on, on salary and pay is you should, you know, especially in your twenties and even into your thirties, I think you should prioritize experience, get the experience that's more important than the title or the money. So if there's a company where you are truly going to get to, you know, you're going to have a fantastic learning experience, but they're only offering you, you know, 70,000, maybe that's the right move. And you're in your twenties. I mean, maybe that's fine. Cause again, I think the experience, the money's going to come if you're building the experience and you're building the network. Yeah. Um, so to get over, you know, if you are doing a decent job as a project manager and you're proving your worth, I think, you know, with two or three years experience under your belt in Silicon Valley, in the tech industry, um, I think you're going to be in striking range of the six figures. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Yeah. I think um, um, on my side, it's interesting because you were saying like, you know, get the experience and then the money will come. Yeah. When I was on the East Coast, I was working in this like marketing slash business role. Yeah. And I was living in Philadelphia and they were paying me, I think it was like 42, yeah. 40 or 42 K. Yeah. And I hated that job. <laughs> and I started looking like very quickly within a few months. Um, for a new role, also still within like business and marketing. But instead of in Philadelphia, I was looking out on the West Coast um, and looking in San Francisco. And immediately, like, like it had only been maybe three, four months, right? right? Since that other job, but just from switching coasts, I was able to double Isn't that what I was making, which was like mind blowing to me at the right. time. Right. I was just like, this makes no sense. You want to pay me 80K? to do the same thing yeah (laughs) isn't that funny yeah yeah Yeah. well that's and that job i told you about the my first job that i didn't like very much about okay they they were paying me 48k for two years and i just again i didn't every time in about and i was working i was putting i'm sure i'm sure you were i was putting in long hours you know but there before everyone there after everyone left and went home and every, you know, so it's, so, you know, it's definitely someone can get you low, even in the Bay Area, you know, and, and, and again, if it's the right experience, maybe that's okay. You know, if it's at a startup or something like that, where it's like truly you're in the early stages, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's worth the experience, but, you know, don't let yourself be taken advantage of, of course. Yeah. I think in general, when someone has two plus years of experience, I generally push them to look for higher figures mm-hmm. because they're always companies that are going to value you more yeah. and value your time more and be willing to pay you more. If you're just patient and look for it also, don't just assume it's going to come and find you. You have to actually look for it and get a sense which types of companies are willing to pay more. And also what types of things can you be kind of, uh, I guess, advertising or mm-hmm. promoting or saying. Sometimes it's just like saying certain keywords or mentioning certain types of experiences right. that will then make them feel like, oh, like you're actually at a higher level or a higher band or whatever it is. It's, so you're, you're so right. The whole, thing, right. the whole thing is just like a massive game. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like sometimes it's just a matter of knowing how to play the game and then 
suddenly like twenty, thirty thousand dollars shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I do I, so, I yeah. Definitely don't feel bad. I always tell people don't feel bad to ask for more money. Don't yeah. feel like you're being like greedy to ask for more money because someone else will mm-hmm. and they're gonna get it and you're just gonna feel sad that you lost out mm-hmm. on that twenty thirty K and over time it's gonna compound. Mm-hmm. It, it's great advice because, and it, you know, and, and never take the first offer, you know, do, do not take the first offer, like, you know, at least at, like you're saying, at least ask. And it, you know, so yeah. it's very good advice and thinking about it again, I got that sense from hush hush mag where it's like, it's, it is a game. Like it is a game. It's, you know, it's a game. It's, and that's, and that's a good, that's a good healthy way of looking at it. Like it's not family. It's not charity. It's not community work. It's a game, you know, and the stakes are money. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this stuff. I don't know if you have any last thoughts or maybe even any random questions for me before we close out. I just think this is, I mean, I think, anyway, last thoughts. I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I definitely hope people who people know they can get into project management, you know, even if they, even if they don't know anyone doing it, and even if they don't have maybe so some of the harder technical skills. Um, Yeah. And then I'd love to ask what, I mean, I would love, you are someone who obviously you have succeeded in the game we're discussing. What is your, what are your thoughts on how a good project manager fits into a system and can make a team run better? And how, how do you, how do you see someone doing well or doing poorly at this based on your experience? Yeah. I mean, I think pretty much everything you've said is true. Um, I think I wasn't really in a project or product management role until the role I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I joined Facebook's rotational product management program. And so I've gotten to be on three different teams at Facebook and each team has run very differently. Um, The first team I was on didn't have a project or program manager. And so we had to kind of self-regulate. And so that was kind of my first time really getting a sense of what it means to run teams smoothly and efficiently. And I got some super candid feedback in that first rotation. Like I would have meetings where people just come to me and be like, you just wasted 30 minutes of my life. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so I think I learned very quickly, like what good practices are, what not good practices are. And also the value of like going into each meeting with clear goals, clear outcomes and how much of a difference having all those things could drive. And even just looking around at other product managers or program managers, I would go into those meetings and I could quickly tell in the first 10, 15 minutes, oh, this is going to be a productive, good meeting and we're going to be like making something happen here or this is going to be, you know, kind of 50-50 and... I'm not sure where this is going to lead. Yeah. Um, so I think it became very clear very quickly the value of having either a dedicated project manager or someone on the team who can bring those attributes and bring that sense of clarity right. um, and help with communication on the team. Right. I think it definitely can 
it can take a project from kind of like flailing, no one's sure like whether this is ever going to get resolved and it's just kind of like eternal like cross-functional collaboration hell <laughs> yep. or whether this is going to get done in three weeks and then we can all move on with our lives yeah well said <laughs> so so uh it's definitely a very valuable role and i try to encourage people especially people that reach out to me and say like oh i want to be a product manager but it's super hard to get into product management and not a lot of companies hire people without experience. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like chicken and egg. Like you don't have experience and you need experience for the job, but you don't have experience. Right. So you can't get the job. And so I'll always encourage people to check out project management or program yeah. management because a significant portion of product management is having the same skill set that you need as a project manager. Yeah. Um, and even on my team right now, we just, we used to have a program manager but we just lost her. So now I'm trying to figure out, we just did HQ planning and now I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what tool am I going to use to basically like take our roadmap, all these like cool fancy things that I wrote out was like, yeah, we're going to like build the new SDK. And it's like, okay, what does that actually mean though? (laughs) And like, who's going to do it? And when is it going to happen? And what teams do we need involved? Um, What meetings do we need to set up? what dependencies, what blockers, like just getting to the nitty gritty. And like you said, keeping track of all those granular details, not letting those things slip so that you can actually go back to leadership and say, hey, we said we're going to deliver this November 13th and we're delivering it November 13th or is going to be delayed two weeks or three weeks because of X, Y, Z. So I think those things are super valuable and some teams can survive without it, but I think the best teams definitely have someone who is in that role, keeping everything on track. That's very well said, ID. And it also remind it makes me think of why it's like product managers are so easy to work with from a project management perspective. Cause it's like, they just, they already get it. They get what. Yeah. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lance, for your time. I appreciate it. And whoever is going to be listening will super appreciate it. I know I'm going to be sharing this out um, on all my channels and you should feel free to share it out as well. Cause I think project management, it was a bit of a mystery to me. You're actually like the first project manager I've like sat down and talked to like this to hear like how you actually got into it. Cause I know when I was looking at product management, I considered project. And like I said, I kind of had these like, ideas of how hard it would be and so I didn't even consider it um I knew like a scrum master who worked with me at the time and she was this like super badass like Russian woman who like scared Mm. the shit out of everyone Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't be that (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a test involved like no I don't think this is for me so I think it's really good to hear that it is a role people can transition into with limited experience and just like make it work for them. And hopefully more and more people will learn about it and actually do it. Here, here. And I thank you again. This has been such a pleasure, the whole process. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I guess maybe I'll catch you in another episode in the future, depending on how this goes. (laughs) Well, until then, I'll be a fan. I'll be listening. Thank you.